Welcome to the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thanks for joining me today as I seek to inspire, encourage, and accompany you on the journey towards holiness by sharing food for the head, heart, hands, and feet, so we may grow closer to God, become more like Jesus, and through friendship, discover the life God created us for, lives of purpose, peace, and abundance, rooted in the hope that with God's grace and mercy, we can become the living, breathing, wonder-working saints that the world so desperately needs. Hello, and welcome to episode 118 of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I'm Christina Simmons, your host, and thank you so much for joining me today. We are now more than midway through the Lenten season, and so this podcast is really focused upon helping us really step into our knowledge of how much God loves us. And the this weekend, we have the beautiful parable of the prodigal son. And many times people refer to that, especially uh, the gospel of Luke in its entirety, as the gospel of mercy. But the prodigal son really puts on to display, or it's also known as the merciful father, it really displays the unending love of our heavenly father for each of us. But sometimes we think that we got to earn it, don't we? Or we think that we aren't worthy of it because of either some sort of, uh, you know, thoughts we have in our head or because of experiences we've had, because we've been disappointed by the relationships we've had with others, maybe even relationships, unfortunately, with our own human fathers. So we think that God is going to let us down as well. And I can identify with this myself in particular, but the fact is, is that we can know that God loves us. So I share some food for the head, heart, hands, and feet this week that hopefully will help you be able to come to that knowledge more deeply. Because as we're getting ready to prepare for this second half of Lent, as we're getting ready to really enter into and meditate upon all of what Jesus has done for us, we need to really strive to embrace the best that we can how much God loves us. And we need to know how we can know that, how we can experience that. So hopefully this episode is going to help you be able to dive deeper into that and to help you be able to really have a most wonderful end to your Lenten season. So I'll see you on the flip side. Hey everyone, Christina Simmons from Say Yes to Holiness here. And just a quick reminder that if you're watching this on the YouTube channel, then go and check it out on any of your favorite streaming platforms. iTunes, Spotify, tons of streaming platforms out there for podcasts. So go and favorite up and find it on your favorite streaming platform for the entire podcast. So our food for the head this week comes from Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen. He writes... Now man need not hide from God as Adam did, for he can be seen through Christ's human nature. Christ did not gain one perfection more by becoming man, nor did he lose anything of what he possessed as God. 
There was the almightiness of God in the movement of his arm, the infinite love of God in the beatings of his human heart, and the unmeasured compassion to God to sinners in his eyes. God was now manifest in the flesh. This is what is called the Incarnation. The whole range of the divine attributes of power and goodness, justice, love, beauty, were in him. And when our divine Lord acted and spoke, God, in his perfect nature, became manifest to those who saw him and heard him and touched him. As he told Philip later on, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So this is a a beautiful, beautiful summary of what it is that was made manifest in the Incarnation and what it is that was made manifest again in the Transfiguration, which was a recent gospel um, selection uh, a couple of Sundays ago, of where we focused upon the Transfiguration, and Peter, James, and John were with him during that, um, and uh, Peter was you know, kind of baffled, as I think all of us would be, I know I would be, uh, just kind of awestruck, you know, you're, you're dozing, number one, you're, you're kind of asleep at the wheel, and how many of us are asleep at the wheel when all of a sudden, you know, um, God uh, breaks forth into our awareness, but you wake from a little nap, and you see Jesus conversing with Moses and Elijah, I've always wondered how it was that they knew it was Moses and Elijah, but the fact is, is that they knew that Jesus was conversing with them. And the grandeur and the power and the goodness and love and beauty and justice of God God himself was present in Jesus there. It was incarnate. It was word-taking flesh. It was the invisible being visible. And this is why we need to seek out Jesus so we can come to know and love and understand ever more fully the Father. This is why God the Father sent his only Son, not just to rectify the relationship that had been broken by our own sinfulness, that was broken by our original parents, Adam and Eve, but also so that we could see God so that we could experience him, we could be loved by him in a way that we could comprehend. And that's, you know, it reminds me of a story about a man uh, who was a lover of birds and he cared for the birds and he put bird seed out and I do this and I care for the birds. And one, one night it was terribly, terribly cold And he knew that if the birds stayed out in the tree, that they would freeze to death. And he wanted to be able to try to find some way to be able to communicate to them to come inside the barn where it was warm. But there's no way for him to be able to communicate that. And the birds didn't come in the barn and they froze. And God sees our inability to come out of the cold without him communicating to us. And this is why Jesus came. He came to be able to communicate to us, to be able to allow us to be united through Christ, 
with Christ in Christ to God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is what happens at our baptism. We are able to be united with Christ into the one body of Christ. And that gives us the grace and the privilege and the opportunity to be intimate with the very one who loves us beyond measure, but who is also responsible for our creation. Our creator loves us beyond measure. And so often we forget this. We forget that God is caring for us. We forget that he has great plans for us, plans of hope, plans of peace, plans of abundance. But again, we forget this. So Lent becomes this time where we can remember to make present anew. That's what remembering is, to make present. When we remember, we're making present whatever it is that we are remembering again in this present moment. And Lent gives us that opportunity to make present again the great stories of how God has been present and caring for his people, for us, through all the ages. Lent is that opportunity for us to be mindful of how it is that we can come to know and love and serve our Heavenly Father more fully. And we can do this because we are coming to know Jesus who reveals the heart and the mind of God to us. He reveals to us how by seeking to be humble and obedient and faithful to the way that Jesus shows us that this allows us to be in union with God. This is why Lent is so important, why we need to set aside those distractions. This is the whole purpose of fasting, you know, to begin with, is to set aside those things preventing us from being able to come to know our Heavenly Father because we've forgotten. Have you forgotten? I know I have, and I do, and I need to be reminded. So this Lent, truly dive into the stories of the gospel, but the stories of scripture that are being presented to us by the church because she knows that we need to be reminded of God's great love so that then when we are journeying with Jesus, then we know that this is the way for us to become in union, not just with him, but with God through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what we're called to. Our food for the heart comes from St. Charles Borromeo. He says, if a tiny spark of God's love already burns within you, do not expose it to the wind, for it may get blown out. Stay quiet with God. Do not spend your time in useless chatter. Do not give yourself to others so completely that you have nothing left for yourself. So again, during this high holy season of Lent, we have the encouragement to build up those small sparks of God's love that's in our heart and build it into a raging fire. How do we do that? Well, St. Charles tells us, stay quiet with God. Don't spend useless time in chatter. 
don't give ourselves so completely to others that we have nothing left for ourselves. And this isn't about being selfish. Rather, it's about not expending ourselves so much that we're so tired that we have nothing left to give of ourselves, particularly to God, particularly our most intimate selves. Don't, you know, put pearls before swine. Jesus tells us, you know, not to do this, but we need to be quiet. We need to not be spending time in chatter for chatter's sake. A lot of what we do is we fill our lives with noise. And I love music and I definitely love movies and TV shows and I love all these different things. But the fact is, is that we need quiet. We need quiet so that we can be present to ourselves so that then we can give our deepest and most intimate self. We can offer it in conversation with God. And that's what prayer is. Prayer isn't just about rattling off prayers. It isn't just about, you know, um, praying, you know, words of other people. Even the greatest words that have been given to us, which were by Jesus himself, the Our Father. But it's to be present and quiet in the presence of the one who loves us. To be able to just sit and be still so that the fire, those embers that are burning within us can build into this raging fire. And what happens when you build up a fire? Then it gives off more light and heat. I had the opportunity to go on retreat this last week and one of the things that we did was that we spent an evening around a bonfire and we spent time around the bonfire and we did s'mores and you know but we sang and we were in union together but then we also were spending time in quiet we allowed the quiet to be there in the midst of songs as we're going hey do you remember this one or do you know that song we had quiet as we're out and it was a gorgeous night and the stars were out and it was absolutely just vividly inspiring you know it just was awe it just filled me with awe and wonder to look up and to see the stars and to just be present with my creator knowing that he is caring for me in that moment but the fire was one that it had to be kept adding fuel to it. We had to keep adding logs to it so it didn't go out and it would blaze fire. The fire would blaze higher and higher. And it then as it would burn through and then the embers, there were tons of embers and they were super hot. And if you've done s'mores and marshmallows, you know that that's the perfect place to put your marshmallow because it's a slow burning, you know, instead of catching the marshmallow on fire and, and charring it, instead it browns it and heats it slowly. And then it's just scrumptious. So I'm, I'm letting my prejudice for scrumptious little marshmallows, you know, come on display here. But the, the fact is, is that the embers were hot. Why? because we added fuel and then the embers were able to keep going for a very, very long time. And this is why we have Lent over and over again every year so that we can build up the fire 
get it raging. But then in the midst of when we have those difficulties and those struggles, then when the fire dies down, the fire doesn't go out because the embers are burning hot. Instead, it still radiates heat. And we need to do the same. We need to be radiating God's love and mercy to others. But in order to do it, we have to spend time in quiet. We have to not spend our time in useless chatter. We have to be allowing ourselves to not be giving ourselves so much to others that we have nothing left to give, particularly to God in our conversation, in our prayer with Him. To speak from our hearts, this is what we are about. Our food for the hands comes from Blessed Charles de Foucault. He writes, We must stand up for the rights of our neighbor who is suffering from injustice. We must defend them all the more vigorously because we see Jesus present in them. Surely this is our duty because of our love for others for his sake. We have no right to be sleeping watchmen or dumb watchdogs. Whenever we see evil, we must sound the alarm. Part of the purpose of almsgiving is in order to help us more easily recognize and respond to the presence of Jesus in others. For us to be able to look across the room or look across the road or look in a crowd and to be able to see Jesus present and to respond to the need that that person is expressing. Not to the need that we think they're expressing, but the need that they are expressing. The only way that we can determine what are the needs of another is to engage with them, to encounter them as a person and to engage with them, to ask, how are you doing? What's going on? Is there anything that you need? And then to let them respond. Not for us to presume. Not for us to think, oh, well, it looks like you need a meal, so let me give you a meal. But rather to ask, have you been eating well lately? Are you hungry? And then for them to share what their needs are. So often we jump into situations and we don't allow people to be able to express what they truly need. Instead, we give what we're comfortable giving, right? I know I've done this too many times to count. And I've tried in, you know, the recent years, particularly to give what, to, to really encounter and engage with people so that I can give as they need, not as I'm comfortable giving. And right now, you know, with uh, the war uh, going on in the Ukraine, I know that all of our hearts are breaking and we want to help. But do some research and find out what is the need? Where is the need specifically? Don't just, you know, toss money at it, but rather to pray. We need to be able to love everyone for the sake of Jesus. And this includes our Russian brothers and sisters. It's a much more complex situation than it's, hey, the Russians want to go, you know, fight a war against the Ukrainians. It's far more complex than that. 
and we need to be praying for everyone involved in this situation. But especially, we need to not be sleeping watchmen or dumb watchdogs. We need to not not pay attention. We need to be willing to go ahead and respond with what is needed, what is expressed and what is needed. So in this instance, in order to ensure that evil doesn't win, we need to go ahead and share whatever time, talent, or treasure is going to help us alleviate the suffering of others. So reach out to those who are serving right now, the Ukrainians. Uh, reach out to the Red Cross, you know, or a particular fund to assist Ukrainian refugees. I know that more than 100,000 have come to the United States and you know, I know that organizations are helping them. So reach out to those organizations and say, what do you need? What do they need so that I can help? But ask that question, but especially prayer and fasting to intercede for everyone who's being harmed by mil military action right now, by all of those who are commanding military actions that they are avoiding civilian casualties. And it definitely sounds like that isn't going on. So to pray and to intercede that that is happening, it does make a difference. It truly does make a difference. We're all being impacted by this war, all of us. And when we offer our prayer and our sacrifice, then we can make a difference. And nothing was more powerful than Pope Francis recently leading the world and consecrating Russia and the Ukraine, particularly to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. This is how we need to be going about what we're doing. We can't let evil have its way. We have to defend our neighbors near and far, but we have to specific, specifically care for them how they need not how we think they need. So reach out because you're encountering Jesus. And this is what it is to see Jesus in another. Our fruit for the feet comes from St. Athanasius of Alexandria. He writes, For he became man that we might become divine, and he revealed himself through a body that we might receive an idea of the invisible Father. And he endured insults from men that we might inherit in corruption. St. Athanasius kind of builds upon what we were talking about from you know, Venerable Archbishop Fulton Sheen, which is how it is that the incarnation makes God present to us. God became present to us so that we could come to know and love and serve him more deeply, so that we could come to see him and to encounter him in a way that we could understand. In the same way, God has revealed himself so that we are able to become like him. He created the bridge. He created the path. He took away the barriers that we had between us and him that's been created by original sin. Instead, what God did through Jesus is that he gave us the path. He gave us the way that we can pursue becoming like our heavenly father. Jesus modeled it for us. He showed, it, showed us it is possible. Mary 
fully human, showed us that it is possible that by being humble and obedient and trusting in God's will, we can do this, that we can be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We can be in union with God. I tell people often, what is holiness? One, it's transforming union with God. It's allowing God to transform us. And how does he transform us? By making us whole, W-H-O-L-E. And when we become holy who he created us to be, we then are a blazing bonfire that is radiating heat and light and is a witness of God's love and mercy in the world. And then we're capable of seeing our brothers and sisters as they are, our brothers and sisters, because we see Christ present in them. Not in just some, you know, kind of, you know, uh, a superficial way. Couldn't figure out, couldn't find the word. Not just in a superficial way, but in a deep, profound way where we recognize Christ in each other. I look at you, you look at me, and we see Jesus, we see God. And when we're able to do that, then we're seeing glimpses of heaven. We're seeing glimpses of heaven. This is what the Catechism tells us. When we see the fruits of the Holy Spirit on display around us, goodness and, and uh, justice and peace and joy, gentleness, chastity, all of these things are glimpses of heaven. And when we are exemplifying those virtues, those fruits are embodied in us as, as virtues and we're living virtuously, we're living so that the fruits of the Holy Spirit are on display for all, then we are a sign and a witness of heaven. We're a sign and a witness that there is more to this life than what we see. There's more to this life. And when we are able to see as God sees, to see, you know, to have eyes to see and ears to hear, and to see, just as Peter, James, and John did, Jesus as he was at the Transfiguration, when we're able to see one another as we truly are, as God transforms us, into wholeness, then we are being those living, breathing, wonder-working saints that he created us to be. And we have the opportunity to be able to be that blazing sun and bear witness to the power of God's love and mercy. And there is no greater gift that we can give the world than has been attributed to St. Catherine of Siena. Be who God created you to be and set the world on fire. So what might be a few resolutions that you could take from our conversation today? Well, one of the first is if you haven't been able to do this yet, really strive to stay quiet with God. Really carve out some time so that you can do that ideally each day or in the next couple of weeks 
try to go and take a morning or do a day of retreat or take even a weekend if you can do that to go and be quiet with God and allow him to tell you how much that he loves you. So that's that's first resolution suggestion. The other is really cut back on all the useless noise and chatter that's going on in your life. Be intentional about turning off the TV or being quiet in the car as you're driving um, or only listen to music that's uplifting and helps you feel good so that you are in that place of gratitude. So really try to cut back on any kind of noise or useless chatter. The final is really reach out to someone else and really engage in conversation and ask them what they need. It might be just to sit and talk with you or to go grab a cup of coffee or might be something bigger. But be intentional and ask someone what they need and then respond as you know that God responds to you with as much love and mercy as possible. So do you want to make a difference in the life of someone you love? You want to make the difference in the life of a good friend? Well, there's no better way to do that than to invite them to Alpha Online. Alpha Online is a series of sessions that is set to help you and your friend explore the Christian faith and be able to ask questions as we learn about Jesus. Each session looks at a different question that talks about faith and is designed to help us really reflect deeply on the big questions of life. So if you're interested and you really want to make a difference in the life of someone you care about, invite them to Alpha Online. You can go and you can register at the Say Yes to Holiness website, sayyestoholiness.com. Hope that you decide to join me each and every Monday night from 6.30 to 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Again, go and sign up at sayyestoholiness.com, and I look forward to seeing you next Monday. Thanks again for spending time with me today. If you have any suggestions for upcoming podcasts, please leave me a voicemail using the link in the podcast show notes. Or you can visit my website at sayyestoholiness.com or send me an email at christinasimmons at gmail.com. I look forward to the opportunity to continue the conversation we've begun here today. In the interim, please know my continued prayers for you and your loved ones, especially that each of us may continue to strive to do whatever it takes in order to grow in holiness as we tell the master of death, not today. I look forward to having a conversation with you again soon. God bless.